0: Well, um, the last uh, three weeks, Jeff's been talking about our, 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 our identity in Christ, and uh, I'm going to wrap that up this morning. And by the way, Jeff is uh, even now suffering for the Lord on a beach in Florida somewhere, so uh, we can feel sorry for him and Deb and Josh. But uh, I'm going I'm to wrap that up for us, our identity in Christ um, this Last spring, for our, for my family, Kim and me and Logan and Whitney, uh, marked the end of a, about a 12-year-long kind of period in our life um, that revolved around horses. And uh, for that long period of time, we had the horses, they lived with us, not in the house, but they lived on, with us at our place. And um, we, much of our entertainment, much of Whitney's fulfillment and for those 10 or 12 years came from our horses and I really enjoyed that cowboy culture and it was just a lot of fun and and my horse Toby a quarter horse and he and I just spent countless hours um, on trails at state parks around our state and in Kentucky and just had a lot of fun with that. Uh, Whitney's horse, uh, was, uh, she trained English and so it would jump and do some other stuff. And, and then she would use my horse at the fair for, for barrel racing. And cause he was fast and all of that. And just a lot of, a lot of fun in, in that culture. Um, but she's off to college, going to be going to grad school. My interests have changed a little bit as far as time wise and stuff. And so they were just kind of standing out there a lot, just doing nothing. And, and that wasn't fair to them. And so, uh, we got them, to some 4-H kids, and and their life will be happy now, and and some kids will be able to love on them. But anyway, that that ended kind of an era for our life. But uh, I learned through those years a whole lot about horses, how they behave, how they think, how to trade them, all that kind of stuff, and it was really enjoyable for me. Well, I remember I was reflecting back over that this past week, and I was thinking about one of the very first things that I learned uh, about horses, and that is their raw power, I mean, these these animals are just power wrapped up in a big old package. Uh, a mature quarter horse weighs between 9 and 1,200 pounds, and there's not a whole lot of fat on those things. They are just 1,000 th- pounds of just explosive muscle, and that can be great if it's harnessed. I mean, those things can tow and pull hun- thousands of pounds, you know, a draft horse even more, a, a Belgian or a... Or a, uh, a, a Clydesdale or something like that a draft horse can pull tens of thousands of pounds, but a quarter horse and, and a thoroughbred and saddlebred horses can run forty forty five miles an hour just raw power it 's incredible um, used in a good way it 's awesome used in a in a poor way or without the training, it can be dangerous well a uh, a mature male horse is called a stallion all right we 've all heard of stallions stallions are majestic animals. stallions are just unbelievably uh, cool. right. They just reek cool and power. And God created in those animals uh, for a purpose and on purpose, their traits and how they act. A stallion's job in life is to protect the herd, is to further the the, uh, breeding within that herd, to fight for his enemies, the enemies of the herd to protect and to and to help that herd survive. And so God gave them fierceness. God gave them power, aggressiveness on purpose because they're needed for the job that they're to do. Well, every horse owner, though, knows that to try to harness that is stupid and dangerous. Stallions are not rideable. Okay, I mean you can train train them a little bit, to, and I've known some people that that ride them alone, but you, you're just asking for it because like that they can turn into fury, okay, and, and somebody's going to get hurt they're not showable. You can't take them to the fair. You can't enjoy them because they're stallions, okay? And somebody who's trying to manipulate that animal is just asking for a broken fence and a busted down stall gate, and at some point it's not if but when somebody's going to get hurt and probably hurt pretty badly. Okay? That's a stallion. Well, if a horse owner wants a horse, a male horse to be able to ride, to be able to show, to be able to enjoy, that horse owner knows that something physically has to be done to that stallion in order to make it rideable, showable, trainable. Something physically, which turns into something chemically, but that horse has to be castrated. Okay. I'm, it's great for the horse owner. Okay. I'm not sure how good it is, you know, enthusiastically for the horse is concerned, but, uh, that horse has to be cut they call it in the industry and that makes that horse it's called gelding that horse so that makes that horse into a gelding it's it's been gelded well something incredible happens in that horse and it happens just very very quickly not literally overnight but within a few days within a couple of weeks that horse goes from that to something a thousand pounds of beast to something that a six-year-old kid can ride and manipulate That horse is changed forever. That horse goes from stallion to gelding, and his behavior drastically changes. Now, I know that every illustration there is eventually breaks down if you push it too far. So I don't want you to get wrapped up in, okay, you know, Kevin's trying to tell us we need to fight, we need to be fierce all the time. That's not what we're talking about, okay? So kind of try to filter this out. But what I am talking about this morning is the fact that we as Christians... We, including me, and I'd say by far most Christians have found themselves over time. We have found ourselves over time acting less like spiritual stallions and more like spiritual geldings. You know, we go from storm the castle. Come on. You want to fight? Bring it on. We go from that to a bit in our mouths going, well, so I guess I'll go this way if you want me to go this way. Well, I guess he told me I should do this. Well, okay, I'll do that. And we've turned ourselves into, because of our belief system, because of our attitudes, our stinking thinking, as as Jeff says all the time, we've turned ourselves into spiritual geldings. For the last uh, three weeks, uh, Jeff's been talking about trying to help us understand our identity in Christ. And he's trying to help us understand and grasp the, the, the enormity and the importance of actually believing what God says is true about us. Not just hearing about it, but actually believing it, putting it from here to here. I'm actually getting it. I'm believing what God says is true about us. And he said uh, several times when we understand this, when we truly get it, it means all the difference in the world. Okay. well, here's the problem, though. Our spiritual enemy, Satan, also gets it. And he also understands this and he knows That if he can get me to not believe those spiritual truths, then it changes everything in his favor. He knows that uh, if he can get me to not believe, it changes everything. And now he has the upper hand and now he has a gelding he can work with and manipulate. right. Have you ever watched a football game or a basketball game where uh, when the, the team you're rooting for gets way ahead And then they start playing not to lose. Okay? If you're a Bengals fan, we've done this over and over and over again. Alright? They get twenty one points ahead and they start playing not to lose. What do they what do they call that in, in football? Well, a loss, yeah. That's what that's what happens all the time, right? Drives me crazy. You're watching that and you're like, okay, this is great, this is great. They start playing what they call prevent defense. Okay, all that does is prevent you from winning the game, right? drives me crazy. So in a prevent defense, the theory anyway, is that, okay, so we'll prevent, we want to prevent, we're ahead. We want to prevent the big play. Okay. So we drop our defensive backs way back instead of playing up on the line that we drop them back 15, 20 yards. We'll let the offense get, you know, little chunks. Okay. But we're going to prevent the big play. Okay. That's the theory. Well, in reality, and I don't know why coaches don't get this. I just want to yell a scream into the, into the TV. What happens is, okay, the, the offense gets five yards here, ten yards there, a little pick away, pick away, pick away. Prevent defense is working, I guess. Well, then what's happening is that offense is getting, it's feeling good about itself now. It's getting some momentum. It's, it's getting some, uh, some, so, some success, and so they start feeling it. Okay, and then uh, pretty soon, now I'm down by 14. Pretty soon, now I'm down by seven, and three minutes left in the fourth quarter, and now I'm down by three, and now I have to switch my teams. Total psyche all the way around. Okay, now I have to really buckle down, and that's really hard to do. It drives me crazy. Well, when I'm spiritually gelded, it's kind of what's happening. I'm easily swayed. I'm easily controlled. I'm easily tamed. And all of a sudden, the spiritual equivalent to a six-year-old kid can manipulate me. Well, maybe I should go this way because he said so. Well, maybe I should go this way because that TV ad says I should. Here's a statement. I put a big old star right by it because I want us to get this. This is really, really important. God did not sacrifice his son. God did not adopt us into his family. God did not redeem us and buy us back. God did not seal us so that we can act like geldings. Sometimes I I wish I could think like God. And, you know, we we put our, our human kind of thought process into God. But I'm thinking... I was thinking if God was cynical like some of us, he had to be, he has to be up there saying, are you kidding me? I sent my son to die on the cross so that you can be, act like that. I want you to act like a stallion. I want you to storm the castle. I want you to believe in your heart what I say is true about you and act like it. Are you kidding me? And I know he doesn't think like that, but that's kind of what's going on, it seems like. You know, God, I mean, Jeff has, uh, over the past three weeks, Jeff has pulled out of the book of Ephesians uh, three, what we call positional truths. And we talked about it being adopted, about being redeemed, and about being sealed. Three positional truths. Now, a positional truth is something that is true about you, whether you feel like it or not. Okay? It's a truth about your position, not about your circumstance, not about your feelings. It's a truth that's true because... Period. So God says, because you are now my child, you have accepted me. You've asked forgiveness. You've accepted me into your life because you are now my child. I declare these things are true about you forever from now on, period. Okay. sometimes we feel like it. You know, sometimes we're kind of on top of the spiritual world. Our our prayer life's going well, and and our our fellowship life is going well, and we're spending time in the Word. And boy, that it just feels like I'm redeemed. Okay. Well, sometimes we don't feel like it so much. Our, our prayer life is kind of waning, and we're not a- a- attending our our spiritual social group as much. And and I'm starting to feel some shame, starting to feel some guilt, and I'm not really feeling it. Okay. Well, that's irrelevant, God says. God says, I declare these things are true about you. Um, you you've already many of you have kind of uh, grown used to the whole Kevin, you're a moron story thing and that that occurs. And I promise you, there's one coming. All right. But I was uh, I was reflecting this week about the, those years in which I was a senior pastor and preaching every week. And I realized I remembered that I had this other this, a second tradition. And I was thinking, man, I need to bring that tradition back. Um, it's called the phrase that pays. OK, so the phrase that pays is, you know, you know, your teacher says, OK, you need to pay attention to this because it's going to be on the test. OK, that's kind of what the phrase that pays is. If, if you're going to write something down today, if you're going to imprint something in your head today, this is what it's going to be. The phrase that pays And every sermon, every lesson has a phrase that pays. So today's phrase that pays is what I feel like does not. Determine, impact or define what is true. Okay, write it down, impact that on your brain, what I feel like does not determine, impact or define what is true, what the world says, what the TV says, what the naysayers say has absolutely nothing to do with whether something is true or not. God defines truth and only God defines truth. I have nothing to do with it. I have no say so in what's true about me. God has the say so in what's true about me. Uh, Kim and I took our Kenyan friend Solomon to the, uh, creation museum this past week. And that's one of my favorite places. If you haven't gone, man, you have to go. It's an awesome place. Um, But Anyway, there was a plaque there, and I I had heard about this survey uh, in the past, but to see it written down there was really impactful for me. It was a a statement about a couple of surveys that have been done about 50 years apart. One, it was done first of all about uh, 50 years ago, back in the 60s, and then now again very recently uh, in 2012 or 13. And actually, actually, it wasn't really a survey. It was just one question. So the question was, do you believe in absolute truth? Ask the American public, thousands and thousands of people of all for di- all different ages. Do you believe in absolute truth? Fifty years ago, about 70 percent of people said, yes, I believe in absolute truth. What do you think the percentage is now? Nine percent. Five. I mean, I would have guessed even less. Nine percent. Let that sink in a little bit. Ninety one percent of us as Americans, and I would venture to say that a bunch of people in this room are part of that 91% say, I believe something's true only if I feel like it, only only if it fits my circumstances, only if it kind of fits where I'm going, only if I wasn't insulted, only if, only if, only if, only if. And there are only 9% of us in our country that say, yes, I believe something's true just because it's true. That is an incredible statistic, very sad, has to hurt The heart of God. Have you ever said to your kids, uh, those of you who are parents and I did this, you found yourself, even though you said you weren't going to, said something like, because I said so, that's why. But why do I have to go to bed? Because I said so, that's why. You put some emphasis in it. Because I said so, that's why. Have you heard that? Does she say that all the time? Yeah, because I said so. That's she's pointing. All right. That's that's what we have here. Except it's in it a legitimate way. God says these things are true about you because I said so. That's why. Not whether you feel like it or not. It was this at this point kind of last week that, that Jeff got a little animated. Do you remember that if you were here? Jeff got a little animated? Imagine that, Jeff getting animated. Right? I think I'll have a heart attack and die from that surprise that Jeff got animated. But he was he was talking about this and he said, and this is awesome. These things are incredible. And I think I was sitting back there and I can remember thinking that that he was he was animated, but he was a little frustrated. I think I could see it in his eyes that he was little frustrated that he wasn't getting the reaction from us, that this was cool. And he said, can I get an amen? And you responded by amen. Yeah, this is cool. This is awesome. This is great news. Well, I wanted to let you know today that I can get animated too. <laughs> and, and you're all back there going, yeah, right, Kevin, get animated? Yeah, never seen that before. Well, in Haiti, and this leads us up to the Kevin, you're a moron story, and uh, it has a little bit of a twist to it. So this is actually, Kevin, you're kind of weird story, but so is Aaron, and so is Amanda, and by the way, so is Jeff. This is Haiti three weeks ago at the children's home. That's break dancing right there. Enter Jeff out there. Enter Amanda. Oh, look at that. I promised Amanda in the first service we'd turn the lights down so you see her better. Right? So did you see? Did you see Jeff? You got enter Jeff, and he's like, "Well, should I join in or should I not?" Well, what the heck? Yeah. <laughs> but this is awesome stuff. This is incredible news. But you want to hear some even more awesome, incredible, life-changing, fantastically neato, swifty, swell news? All right is that those three things we've been talking about are by no means it. Those are the tip of the iceberg. We filmed this video uh, this week, and uh, I want you to listen to this. It's really touching. Sometimes I don't feel like it, but because I'm a Christian, God says, I am blameless. In fact, in Romans 8.1, it says, therefore... <laughs> yeah, can I get an Amen. Uh, that turned out really, really well. I, I hope that was impactful for you. It was for me. Um, you were given one of these bookmarks as you came in, hopefully. And we have extras if you did not. But pull that out if you have it. And uh, I apologize. There were some people that, in the first service who took home like Ten of these. So if we ran shy in this, in this service, we're going to make some more. But uh, this is a this is a list of those positional truths that you heard on the video. And uh, I want you to take this home and put this somewhere where you're going to see it. Put it in a use it actually as a bookmark. If you're uh, reading a book, if you're not up on the fridge, bathroom mirror or, or wherever. Um, this is an incredible list to go down and agree with. God. Sometimes I don't feel like it. Sometimes I do. Doesn't matter. You declare that these things are true about me because I am an adopted son or daughter of you. Um, Here's your homework. And I I really would challenge you. Well, I challenge you. Okay, take this home. Do like I said, put it up and once a week and you can go in order or you can pick around if you want to. But Take one of these every week and make that your claim for the week. And I want you to uh, to to really, really, really claim that and agree with God. Say early that that first day, pick one of those. Jesus, sometimes I don't feel like it, but because I am a child of God, I am, let's say, accepted and worthy. And I claim that for myself Today and this week and Jesus, I want you to give me the strength, give me the uh, endurance, give me the mind of yourself to actually act like that, to act as if I'm accepted this week, to act as if I'm worthy this week. Jesus, I want you to give me that gift this week, and the next week. Go down. I'm never alone. I'm adequate. I I'm, just go down the list. There are 32 or three of these, I think that's going to take you up through like end of summer, whenever. And I, I just, I know that if you would do that, if you would accept that challenge and I'm, ex- I'm excited to hear some updates from you over the, over the following weeks, so the upcoming weeks. Uh, I just know that God will speak through this to you and, uh, will give you a gift of truth. And, um, and I, I just, I think it will be very incredible. I tell our archers uh, in the archery program, especially those that are on our competitive team, I say say this, I say don't give up, and I'll explain. In archery, everything comes down to form. Okay, and practicing the intricacies of that form. And there are dozens of little little bits and pieces to that form. And it's really, really important that you do each one correctly and do it repeatedly over and over and over again and, uh, in a repeatable fashion. Well, I tell the kids, don't give up. Meaning, don't give up on that form. It's so easy to fall back into your old habits or it's easy instead of instead of doing this to do something slightly different. The easy part. Don't give up. OK, and so that's my message to you. Don't give up on these. Don't give up. Um, God has uh, stallion material built into each one of us. And it is it's we need to do that. OK, let's pray. Jesus, we thank you this morning for uh, an inspirational words from your mouth, uh, the, the, your very word, jumping off the pages of that Bible, uh, jumping into our emotions and uh, stirring with us, uh, with us or within us, hopefully the desire to just get back to the stallion material that you want us to be. Jesus, I want to be a spiritual stallion for you. I want to believe what you say is true about me And so I just ask you personally I ask you for the folks in this room That you uh, would give us that gift And I thank you in advance For the incredible things you're going to do With, uh, with this You are awesome Amen Well I promised Ross uh, That I would not make a blooper reel But um, And I didn't But Stacy was the one filming So it's his fault I didn't even do it Watch this.